This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 22nd. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. We took the day off yesterday. You helped your uncle move, and we are back now with a brand new live episode just to close out the week. But how are you feeling today, Tone? Uh-oh. Are you there, Tony? Can you hear me? Hello. I can't hear you. Oh, no. So I can hear you, Tony, but uh, you're going to want to go ahead and uh, switch over your uh, speaker setting. Of course, uh, you know, we can see his face, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those weird technical difficulties. And, of course, it probably happened right as we were starting the show. But uh, in any case, you know, what we'll do is uh, while I normally kick off the show with a question from my co-host, um, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and read the article because he cannot hear me. So some people debate that there are right ways and wrong ways to take a shower. And in fact, uh, one woman has divided the Internet after she. Ref- I don't know if you can hear me. I can hear can you. Hear can you hear me now? Your mute's on. I can't hear you. Well. Look at that. Holy yes! I can hear you now. Like, I saw you wave and I'm like, well, I didn't hear the intro. I didn't hear anything. And I go, wow, this is running kind of long. And and Friday says, I look angry. No, I was just looking at... uh, at my computer that's uh it's funny we we take we take one day off and all of a sudden it's like uh you know putting the training wheels back on the bike and yeah no no it it worried me because i don't know what you said i saw you i was like wow okay well we're going but uh (laughs) i didn't hear the intro none of that so i was prepping my stories and paying more attention to that and And i always wait till i hear the music in my um headphones but Just, i digress i don't know where i interrupted you good morning everybody <laughs> it's gonna be a dang good show that's for sure turned out to be a little mute button but uh, what i started talking about <laughs> was uh you know tony and i might as well ask you the question is there a right way and a wrong way to take a shower um not really i guess as long as you clean and you get the uh, right ways to clean me personally um, you could do a quick shower, which is like sometimes if you're going to go get your hair cut and 
you don't want to have the stinky head hair, then maybe stick your head under the, you know, the shower. Uh, what is that? The faucet. Just put your head under there, wash it real <laughs> quick, or spray it, whatever you want to do. And then there's that way. Or the full body. Me personally, I call a shower, shower, like getting in, cleaning everything, getting out. But that's just me. All right. All right. Well, with that being said, one woman has divided the Internet after she revealed what she believes is a normal way to shower. We're not talking about whether she prefers to wash in the morning or in the evening, but whether she faces the shower head or has her back to it. Taking to Twitter, Alice goes by the handle at back pain and wine, asked her followers, help me settle a debate. It's normal to shower with your back to the shower, right? Not facing the water. Her question sparked a heated conversation between thousands of users, with many people saying they sh- uh, how they shower depends on whether they're washing their hair or just their body. One said, depends on if washing hair or not. If yes, then back to shower when rinsing. Otherwise, face shower, which subsequently baffled this person. I didn't know showering without washing your hair was even a thing. Another said, surely everyone faces away or the water goes in your face. Meanwhile, a third person said, always back to the shower, should never ever wash your face in there as most folks have the water too hot. I'll never spin around to rinse suds off the boobs. Okay. I, can, I can't do either, admitted a fourth. I have to take the hose off and move over me and I can't handle water just falling uh, from above into me. I'm a freak. Boy, that's a, not a well-crafted uh, sentence, but... Uh, no. Another commented, I don't like my face in the water at all unless I've had a terrible day and you do that thing they do in films where you put your hands on the wall and lean forward with your hair streaming down like you've just blown up an entire planet and need some time to think. You know, doesn't everyone change position in the shower to rinse the shower gel off both the front and the back of the bodies? Or is that just me? Said one person. You know, it's it's a debate that I've heard before. Obviously, uh, there is no one right way to shower. But uh, for me, I'm personally a back to the fe- uh, shower uh, unless I'm washing off my face and, and you know, rinsing off. Um, between the two, Tony, what about you? Uh, I like to I face the shower. I mean, I like having all the water just run and wake me up and uh, all that good stuff. So I'm not I'm not weird like that. I just I jump in. I embrace it. It's always I do start it off though like I'll turn it on before I jump in and I'll let it warm for a second because I don't like jumping in when that first burst of cold hits you I hate that part <laughs> I don't blame I'm not, you I'm not a big fun I let it heat up just a little too long sometimes but folks it yeah. is Friday let's talk about today's show it is a wonderful show it's Friday Friday gotta get down on Friday everybody looking forward to the weekend weekend We're looking forward to the weekend, but not before we bring you guys good news, everyone, as we do on Fridays. We have a segment called Domino Effect. Our call-in topic today is actually a call-in contest. It is time for Tony Beatdown. G-Man's going to be joining us with the NFL NFL Conference Championship picks. We close out the day with This Day in History, and Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Yeah, 
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 22nd. Now we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you want to weigh in on the shower position debate. You can do so. Or you want to tell Tony that uh, you just saw him get a mouthful of tea bag. Well, uh, that's... uh, possibility as well the number 855 phoenix radio that's 855 f-e-n-i-x rdo or 855-336-4973 all we ask is that you keep it entertaining we'll compile those together put them out in a future show now it is the second segment of this show and you know what that means tony's here with the entertainment news Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, January 22nd. Payday for most people. Here's your Filippo Fast Five. (laughs) Saved by the Bells. Dustin Diamond's uh, cancer diagnosed as stage four small cell seronoma. So wish him the best of luck through his battle. Um, He intends to just play video games and hang out with his girlfriend. Screech has got a girlfriend. He's not a great guy, but I wouldn't wish that on anybody. No, absolutely. Philip Rivers retired from the NFL after 17 seasons. Dadgummit. He's going to go be a high school coach uh, somewhere in Tennessee. After 25 seasons of coaching in the NFL and winning a Super Bowl title with the Denver Broncos, Gary Kubiak has officially called it a career. Um, And the NFL also announced that Super Bowl... Uh, LB, so that'd be 55, uh, in Tampa will host 22,000 fans, 7,500 of which will be vaccinated healthcare workers being given free tickets to the game. Nice. So a little start of normalcy. 22,000 is quite a bit. And again, yeah. Florida doesn't really have too much fear of that. They're kind of the guinea pig where they're like, you know what? We're going to try this. We see how it works. So, uh, yeah. So, Tampa's going to be hosting a big, so we'll actually get some uh, crowd reactions, so that'll be neat. Yeah. Uh, that's not piped, so that's good. <laughs> um, that is your Filippo Fast Five. Now we'll actually talk a little entertainment, or a lot of just geeky stuff, really. Um, studios expect more release delays as the pandemic shows no signs of slowing, which is really count counterintuitive of what I just said for right. the Super Bowl. <laughs> it, it really makes no sense, right? With most major theaters being forced to shut down in March of 2020, it's been almost a full year since going to the cinema was easy as securing a ticket online. The lapse in ticket and concession sales um, has put many houses at risk of closure or bankruptcy. Even big-time companies like AMC, Alamo Drafthouse, and Regal have felt the sting of the pandemic, forcing them to adapt expansive safety protocols, rethink ticket sales structures. Meanwhile, local indie cinemas are even in a worse position. Most of them have closed down in towns like our friend Tim Nidell. His just closed down. Fatality. Uh, the closing of theaters is a major blow to the film industry that some studios chose to pivot to streaming services, selling some of their most marketable films to platforms like Netflix, Amazon, and others. Lest anyone thought the transition from 2021 would make magically fix the issue that perplexed the industry in the past 12 months but the reality is uh the same market forces are still in play and will continue to inform strategic decisions uh and studios to be creative alike 
Uh, the way they're thinking about the year, the first quarter will be down as much as 90%. Um, as several studios struggle to adjust these trying times, some executives believe to be an upswing in sales as the coronavirus vaccine continues to be distributed to the masses. Some insiders say they expect to see some improvement, but the revenue will still be 30 to 40% when compared to a three-year average mo uh, model. So keep your fingers crossed for a speedy vaccine rollout, my friends. It may be Hollywood's only hope. Yeah, and actually during the news today, they uh, mentioned that uh, the James Bond movie No Time to Die was pushed back again. Uh, Tony, you sent me an article the other day that uh, Black Widow may be pushed back. Um, you know, it's... It's sad for those of us that love the theater going experience. And honestly, we still go to the theaters. You know, if, if there's a new movie out, something that we want to see, we're going to go. Obviously, if the theaters are following the protocols and, and, you know, the restrictions they have to go by, there's no reason that these movies can't be released. And then do this, you know, same day video on demand or to Disney Plus or whatever it is, uh, just to try and recoup some of that money or more of that money back. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you said that about No Time to Die. Um, that was going to be kind of my next transition is um, it did get pushed to uh, from April 2nd to October 8th. Um, they haven't given the final word on Black Widow at F9. I heard a rumor, but I couldn't find anything to confirm it. So it's just a rumor. But I heard Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to get pushed back as well. Um, they're bumping to probably later 2021. Um and Morbius got pushed back from uh, October to uh, January of 2022. Wow! So, so it may actually Morbius come out be pushed back next year after Spider-Man Three. Yeah. So their big thing is they kind of are looking to go after all of that, which that's going to be a very interesting thing. Um, it says here. They still Morbius was previously set for July 10th and then July 31st. Now it's and then they moved it to March 19th of 2021. That was from last year. Um, it now opens January 21st, 2022. Um, so yeah, this is all interesting stuff. Uh, it's a real bummer though because uh, you'd like to see these movies come out. Like I miss that feeling. I think things will feel normal again in my well for me at least when. Um, when you can go see new movies every week, like there's going to be a big blockbuster movie you're looking forward to seeing. Exactly. Because you, Tim, and I talked off air uh, the other day where it was just like, you know, seeing movies are just meant, you know, there's certain movies that are just meant to be seen on the big screen, you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Top Gun Maverick, uh, Black Widow, any big Marvel movies. You know, like I got to say, for us seeing like Wonder Woman 84, while we didn't like it, it wasn't a great movie in our opinions. Um, it was more fun to see it on the big screen than it was at home on HBO Max. Exactly. Like, it's cool to see it on HBO Max at home, but I enjoyed going to the theater to see it more. Yeah, yeah. Less distractions, obviously, you know, that theater environment. You can get popcorn, you can get all the stuff you get, uh, you know, in going to a theater. And uh, it, it's the way it should be done. Absolutely. You know, but. On a positive note, there's still a lot of cool things being filmed. There's still a lot of good things going on right now. Like, apparently, um, he... <laughs> so, take this article for what it is, because it's been rumors forever. But uh, rumors swirled around Homecoming 3's casting Daredevil actor Charlie Cox to reprise his role from the Netflix series. 
Comicbook.com learned that the actor was indeed on set for the Marvel Studios movie. Cox is expected to be playing Matt Murdock in the film alongside Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Though at this point, it is unclear it will be the same version of Daredevil that fans know and love from the Defender series on Netflix, or if it's a multiversal reboot, considering the inclusion of Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. It is possible that the MCU will be making major changes to Cox's Daredevil in the future. All I know is bringing him back at back is Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Perfect. Brilliant. Which means that if he's coming back, then we may see Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. We may see Mike Coulter um, as uh, Luke Cage. Um, it's okay if we don't see Iron Fist. That's but uh, John Bernthal as Punisher. And so, you know, what Netflix did with these characters was awesome. And the fact that, uh, you know, Marvel now is taking them into the MCU is brilliant. Oh, it's fantastic. And I like it because that means we'll probably get those shows. My guess, they're a little too gritty for Disney Plus, but, you know, you could easily put that on Hulu and it'd right. be a, a successful rebirth, you know. And, you know, a lot of people go to Hulu. We talked about Streaming Wars the other day, so that, that would give that more content. Um, and still staying in the realm of entertaining movies, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife revealed franchise's newest specter. Um, his name is Muncher. Now hmm. we're cooking. Um, so, as of this writing, Ghostbusters Afterlife is still due June 2021. Uh, fans are finally getting a look at one of the ghosts the new crew will be against. What else is busting? With COVID-19 pushing numerous movies back, uh, the first serious look as the new ghost comes from an episode of MasterChef Junior Spain, of all things. Uh, first spotted by Ghostbuster News, the Spanish cooking show debuted at a set featuring a large ghost known as Muncher hanging out near the iconic Ghostbusters Ectomobile. Muncher has six arms, legs, blue skin, and numerous wrinkles, which quite frankly makes him look like a stunt double for a caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. That's about <laughs> what he looks like. Um, Ghostbusters fans will notice the obvious similarity to the original Ghostbusters Slimer Ghost. Technically, fans have already seen Muncher very, very briefly in one of the one in the one and only Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer released last year. Muncher will be terrorizing and being terrorized by kids in Afterlife when it hopefully comes out June 11, 2021. And just in case you didn't know, the movie stars Finn Wolfhard, Paul Rudd, most of the original Ghostbusters cast, including Bill Murray. So something anytime we can talk ghostbusters on this show i'm gonna sneak it in I'm hey i don't mind i don't mind at all <laughs> um and then lastly this is a little music news a little shock or it's not shock but just a little blip uh before we jump into birthdays but uh bob rock sold the rights to the black album um no kidding he was paid an un an un amount that well an unspecified amount for his rights to the black album um he was obviously the big success for that one went yeah. on to do load reload uh, uh he was their producer all the way up until saint anger and then he just kind of that was the end so um bob rock adds i put my heart and soul into these recordings um i know how much merrick loves music so it was easy to put a deal together i don't know who merrick is um, <laughs> but uh it's um i guess he's the founder of hypnosis hip nasa sounds i don't know you're saying filippo it <laughs> um yeah he sold the rights to it so he got paid big that was just supposed to be a filler article anyways so there you go again squeezing metallica into this segment now we'll dance on into the very short birthday list it's very short <laughs> 
Honey, birthdays await. This guy has quite the life. He wrote, he road trips, eats at some diners, dives, and has to drive. And he has the drive to do a show about eating. Guy Fieri is 52. Uh, don't stop believing. He faithfully keeps the wheel in the sky turning. Former lead singer of Journey, Steve Perry is 72. The only mama strong enough to marry Thanos and birth Superman, Diane Lane, is 55. Well, this is the story of how his life got turned upside down. Well, he's the other guy, really. I guess it's almost summertime for DJ Jazzy Jeff, as he is 55. Spew, turn your head 360, and spin again, or spew again. Are you scared? Linda Blair is 61. That's your birthdays. That's all I had for these punny days. Happy birthday, you party animals. (laughs) Folks, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it is Friday. It's time for good news, everyone. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 22nd. Now we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio of course with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. Now, being that it's Friday, we like to take you guys into the weekend on an up note because there's so much negative news out there, bad news, depressing news. Well, we like to turn the table a little bit and give you guys... Good news, everyone! All right, so my good news is a video of a family being rescued from their burning home went viral on TikTok as it showed a neighbor running over and banging on the front door to alert those inside. Now, the mother of the family of five who got out just at the right time says we owe her everything about their neighbor, Carol, who saved their lives. Nicole Salgado, who lived in the home in Avondale, Arizona for six years with husband David Delgado, their four children and a couple pets posted the clip of the Ring doorbell camera footage to her TikTok page to show just how they had been woken up on the first day of their new year. On January 1st, 2021, our lives were changed forever, she wrote in the video. It has since been viewed over 29 million times. But the clip that has garnered an outpouring of support for pe- from people around the world cannot even begin to capture what the Salgado family went through, as Nicole recalls it all to Yahoo Life. It was about 7.30 in the morning. We were all asleep because it was New Year's Eve the night before. We all stayed up and did the countdown with the kids, so we were all still sleeping, and we got woken up by a banging on the door. The doorbell was going off. She says of the morning fire, 
I just hear banging, banging, banging. So me and my husband shoot up out of bed and we look at each other and we're like, what's going on? What could that be? Nicole explains that there was little time to even process the possibility of what was happening so that instead she immediately ran to grab her three daughters, age 12, 11, and seven, and four-year-old son while David went to the front door. He opens the door and I hear the neighbor, Carol, say, get out, get out. Your house is on fire. Get out, she explains. We kind of run out. Nobody had shoes. Nobody had socks on. It was just crazy. That moment recorded by the family's doorbell system is what so many responded to on TikTok, calling Carol the family's guardian angel and referring to her as a hero as the neighbor offered the Salgado family to take uh, shelter in her home. That's funny. I lost my spot for a moment. Nicole, however, says that the woman from next door is now so much more than that. Before, it was just kind of friendly neighbor. We'd wave high and bye. When I was pregnant with my son, they could see us outside and ask how I was feeling. Just a friendly neighbor interaction. Now it'll be completely different, Nicole says. We're just so grateful to her. Now she's going to be family. Still, Nicole admits just how difficult it has been to acknowledge that the home and those neighbors aren't theirs for the time being, as the Salgados are living in a family member's home nearly 30 minutes away in Peoria, Arizona. It's sad that we have to just abruptly leave like this, Nicole said. The unimaginable reality of losing all of their belongings in the fire was made worse by the already tragic pandemic as Nicole and David had been sick with the coronavirus just two weeks before the fire. We were already not working for two weeks because we had to quarantine, Nicole explains. We were finally tested negative, finally ready to start the new year. We were going to go back to work. Then this happens. I feel like at this point, there's nowhere we can go but up. Uh, They were looking to take more time. But uh, a GoFundMe page started by the family's friend, Graciela Byrne, has already raised over 32500 as of publishing uh, from people everywhere who have heard the Salgado story and want to help. Although the money is incredibly helpful for the family looking to completely rebuild their lives, Salgado shares that it's truly the displays of compassion that have gotten them through the days since the fire. You know, that's definitely not the way you want to start out 2021, obviously, with everything that's happened. But, you know, if it wasn't for their neighbor, Carol, they may not even be here. So, uh, you know, Carol truly is a hero. It's wonderful that something like a ring doorbell can capture that moment and that they can share it with the world and, you know, start to rebuild and raise a little money in the meantime. So with that being said, that is my good news, everyone. Well, our good news has something in common and it's fire. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not the same, so that's a good thing. Toasty! Um, mine is a homeless man who raced into a burning building saved the lives of 10 cats and 6 dogs, as well as an animal rescue program for at-risk youth. His name was Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> that just made me think of that when he kept running into that pet shop. With the snakes. He grabbed the snakes, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's not what this story is. I mean, it is a homeless man went into a burning building. On the afternoon of December 18th, an electrical fire sparked at W Underdogs facility in Atlanta, Georgia, one of the nonprofit signature programs. The rescue team teaches at-risk kids about compassion and responsibility through rescuing and rehabilitating homeless dogs and cats. Keith Walker, 53, has done odd jobs for W Underdogs for several years and was heading there to walk his pit bull, Bravo. He's been homeless since he was 13 years old, and the nonprofit frequently shelters his dog. When Walker saw the flames, he urged another homeless man named Mike to call 911. 
Then he rushed inside and started pulling out the animals as fast as he could. He saved every single one, and they're all perfectly fine, according to the celebrity dog trainer Victoria Stilwell, founder of Victoria Stilwell Academy for Dog Training and Behavior, and member of the advisory board for W Underdogs. The act he did today was incredibly brave, and he is a true hero. He is a guardian angel that was watching over the W Underdogs. It's fortunate that two homeless men arrived on the scene when they did because the organization's founder happened to be on an outreach mission at the time. It could have been really bad. If they hadn't done that, the fire could have spread and we would have lost all our animals, she said. But the story couldn't have a happier ending, as luck would have it. Another guardian angel had recently donated a new facility to W Underdogs. Volunteers like Stillwell heard about the fire and showed up with vans, cars, and even donated a truck to safely transport all the pets to the new building. Donations have poured in to help Walker and W Underdogs is working hard to find the perfect homeless advocacy nonprofit to help him manage this new chapter. In addition to teaching at-risk youth to the rescue, care, tra- care for, and train pets forever homes, W Underdogs fosters empathy and leadership in young people with programs like planting trees, building dog houses, distributing pet food for those in need, trap, neuter, and return of community cats. We're not an animal rescue. We're just we're, and we are not just a youth program. We're actually a youth program that empowers you through animal rescue, and that's where the connection lies. She's grateful to Walker for his heroism and filled with hope for what the new year might bring for everyone involved with W Underdogs. We're excited about 2021 because we're just looking forward to helping more people, more animals, and hopefully getting through this pandemic. We're doing the best we can. So way to go in there and save it and if this was a drinking game i would say every time i said w underdogs in this article <laughs> i'd want you to take a shot and then you'd be feeling pretty damn fine on this friday yeah now you can go back rewatch it and play the uh w underdogs game with tony but uh you know that Jeez. certainly qualifies as good news everyone my only question is uh did walker have a brother named texas ranger yeah. Yo, Mike, call 911. The damn place is burning. I gotta get my pit bull. You better hurry. Oh, you don't have a phone because you're homeless. Just yell 911 like Buckwheat did in Little Rascals. It'll work. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for good news, everyone. On this Friday, we love good news stories because it closes out the weekend on an up note. Well, when we come back, we have a segment called Domino Effect. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 22nd. Well, we reached the final segment of the first hour, but there's still plenty ahead with our second hour, including our call-in contest, Tony Beatdown. And of course, G-Man's going to be joining us with the NFL Conference Championship picks. So, uh, you know what? If you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it is easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us. 
click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix radio show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, in this segment, we wanted to talk about another effect, something that we've done occasionally here on the show. We started out with the Mandela effect. Tony, do you remember what the Mandela effect is? It's when you, yeah, it was when you thought of something the way in your brain it was, but it wasn't. Yeah, essentially, it's something that uh, people in mass uh, remember one way, but actually was uh, quite different. Biggest example would be, uh, you know, a lot of people assume that uh, Darth Vader said, Luke, I am your father, uh, whereas the line was actually, no, I am your father. He didn't say, Luke, I'm your father, but, uh, you know, that's just the way people remember it. The other one we explored was the butterfly effect. Do you remember that one, Tone? I do. That's when you change something uh, in the future or in the past and then everything uh, changes uh, in your current future exactly it's uh, basically the adage that if you uh, you know a butterfly flaps its wings on the east coast it could set off a chain of events that causes a tornado on the west coast that sort of thing well today we are exploring the domino effect any guesses on uh, what the domino effect is Yep, it's when you put a plan into action. Well, my thought is you put a plan to action and then it just pushes the next thing forward, the next thing, the next thing to get either to that goal or uh, whatever it's going to happen from uh, your actions that you did. Exactly, yeah. It's basically one thing setting off something else, setting off something else that leads to a goal or a uh, outcome that is completely different than, you know, what the original intention was or, you know, where it started out as. Um, just a quick side note, Tony, do you remember growing up as a kid, they had those domino sets, the, you know, they were the multicolored ones that uh, you could create like these big like things. And it was all the rage when we were, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 yeah. years old. Yeah, I definitely remember all those. <laughs> I forget what they're called, but uh, folks, if you're listening and you remember, uh, you can always chime in. But uh, regardless, we are going to explore some things in history that were results of a domino effect. For instance, YouTube was created due to a nipple slip. Hello, nurse! In 2004, during the halftime show of the Super Bowl event, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson were performing, and somehow Janet's nipple got slipped. This made big news. Well, three guys working at PayPal heard of this and tried to find a video clip of it online, but they had no luck. So they quit PayPal and they decided to create a video streaming website. That site was finally created in 2005 and it became known as this little thing called YouTube, which you might be watching us on right now. That's crazy that that stemmed from that. Yeah. yeah. And what a, what a good jump from PayPal to that. And, and you know, unless you created PayPal, um, which does work well, Venmo's much better nowadays, but uh <laughs> Uh, YouTube has grown on to be big, has been huge. I don't know. There's nothing that even really rivals it. Well, and PayPal stemmed a lot of things, not only uh, YouTube, but, uh, you know, they were the big backer behind eBay originally. And of course, uh, they were one of the founders was Elon Musk, who obviously, uh, you know, is best known for Tesla now these now these days, these days. Now wow. these days. <laughs> Let's move on with our domino effect. 
Malaria, malaria is responsible for the creation of gin and tonic. British officers in India during the 18th century were eating quinine pounder. I don't know what quinine pounder is or if that's a misspelling to treat their malaria. The powder was so bitter. Oh, it was powder. Just a misspelling. The powder was so bitter, they mixed it with club soda. They brought it back to the UK and started putting it in their gin. Hence, gin and tonic. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on with the domino effect. Here's one that, uh, Tony, I know you'll appreciate. The Simpsons wouldn't have been created if Matt Groening hadn't been afraid. Matt Groening's comic Life in Hell caught the attention of James L. Brooks, who wanted to adapt it as a short for the Tracy Ullman show. Groening was afraid of losing the rights to his characters and that the show would fail and take down his comic. He pitched a new idea. While waiting in the lobby of James L. Brooks' office, he came up with the idea for The Simpsons and quickly sketched the family out and pitched that instead. As we all know, The Simpsons became a huge success and has been going on for more than 30 years and is the longest-running American primetime scripted television series with over 662 episodes and many Emmy Awards. It never would have happened if Graining hadn't been afraid. Huh. That's crazy. And I remember my life in hell. Dave uh, was just a, like a bunch of the little rabbit characters. Like that was his drawings. Because sometimes they make it in as like little toys. Like Maggie will have it as a toy in some episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm glad he did that. Um, he spawned every, you know, he's went on to spawn off Futurama, which was a fantastic series. Disenchanted, which I never really got into, even though there is a third season of that. So he's right. he's plenty busy. Right. And he is uh, the modern-day prophet. He has this way of predicting the future through uh, through the Simpsons. It's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird how a lot of that happened. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on with the domino effect. Prince Arthur got tuberculosis, so England made a whole new religion. Henry VII's first son, Prince Arthur, he married Princess Catherine of Aragon, but four months after they married, he got tuberculosis and died. After this, Henry VII's second son, Henry, became their heir and married Princess Catherine instead. This Henry was Henry VIII, who asked the Pope for an annulment, and long story short, the Pope said no. So Henry VIII made himself supreme head of the Church of England which obviously spawned a whole new religion um, and obviously multiple sects after that. Sects, S-E-C-T-S, not sects. But uh, uh, with Henry VIII, that was probably the case as well. So, <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is very weird. <laughs> All right, let's move on with the domino effect. Uh, here's one that uh, sort of interesting. 9-11 ended the Ellen supremacy. Gerard Way watched the Twin Towers fall on 9-11, which inspired him to start My Chemical Romance, which was one of the largest inspirations behind Stephanie Meyer's writing the Twilight series. Twilight was one of the inspirations behind E.L. James writing Fifty Shades of Grey. This was turned into a film series starring Dakota Johnson, which led her to being on the talk show Ellen. That led to the groundbreaking, actually, that's not the truth, Ellen, uh, which was the beginning of her downfall. Yeah, well, all that was it just inspiration from that. So it just all like one thing led to another. Like that inspired that person, that inspired this person, that inspired that person, and that's where we're at. And that's the domino effect. That's the way it goes. Yeah, it's good. Although you know, I, <clears throat> I, I feel like the Fifty Shades movies really 
bombed. I never watched any of them, but I don't feel like they lived up to a lot of the uh, the girls' uh, expectations. It was supposed to be Charlie Hunnam from uh, Sons of Anarchy mm-hmm. as Christian Grey, and I think that series probably would have done a hell of a lot better. Because can you tell me who played Christian Grey in that nope. movie? Me either. <laughs> Let's move on with the domino effect. Genghis Khan's son being an alcoholic. Genghis sl- Khan? <laughs> being an alcoholic. I saw him in Turtles 3. <laughs> I saw him in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Excellent. So uh, again, Genghis Khan's son being an alcoholic saved Europe. This is how that worked. Ogaday Khan drank himself to death and thus all the, all the Mongol forces in Europe who had penetrated as far as Hungary were forced to halt their campaigns and return to Mongolia to sort out the questions of secession. Hence, Europe uh, didn't fall to the Mongol Empire and uh, things would be very different now. Isn't that weird? <laughs> okay, I just I just got to say, I like the word Mongol. Like, I think of Mongoloids. I don't know why that word just makes me laugh, but also while you were picturing that, I just picked uh, I just pictured South Park. Damn Mongolians! I always coming down to my city walk. <laughs> I didn't say city the way South Park says it, just so I didn't. Cut. Probably a good thing. <laughs> I, but that, but that's what I think of. Yeah, and then uh, Friday chimed in and said Jamie Doran played uh, Christian Grey, and I ask you, I have no idea who Jamie Doran is. Who? Who? Jamie Dorian, man. God. Let's move Gosh, on. Jamie Dorian. Give me some freaking tots. Let's move on with uh, Domino Effect. This is a weird one. The Buffalo Bills are responsible for the fame of the Kardashians. Bear with us on this one. So basically, it boils down to this. The Bills had a terrible season in 1970. This allowed them the first overall pick in 1971, in which they drafted notorious killer O.J. Simpson, obviously. O.J. met his wife, Nicole Brown, while in Buffalo, and they allegedly ki- and then allegedly killed her. When all went down, O.J. hired Robert Kardashian to be his lawyer. They won, uh, they won the case, and the Kardashian name became somewhat famous. Chris Kardashian rode that mild fame through her divorce into her marriage to Bruce Jenner, thus becoming Chris Jenner. And when Kim grew up, she dropped an infamous sex tape. That sex tape wouldn't have been such a big deal if she hadn't already been semi-noteworthy, although Ray J also had something to do with that fame. So yeah, basically, the bills are the reason we have to suffer with the Kardashians. If they hadn't drafted OJ, he wouldn't have met Nicole and Robert Kardashian would be just another lawyer in New York. It's crazy how that domino effect works. how you could think like that. Yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> also, for those those out there watching, if I freeze every two, three seconds, I'll try to remedy that on break. I, Friday did inform me. I asked her to keep an eye on that. She did, and I will reboot on break. <laughs> Small disclaimer. Well, and uh, boy, there are so many more. You can to... hear me. It's just the glitchy. Exactly. There are so many more to run down, but uh, you know what, folks? We have run out of time for this first hour, so I'm going to save this, and maybe we'll revisit it in the future. It's a good some... one. I like it, because that is nuts. It blows the mind to think about something like the last one, or had the Bills not done that. Who would have known? Life would have been different. Crazy. Well, folks, we are headed into the second hour and our long break, so uh, go ahead and enjoy the news, take a potty break, get some tea, and we will see you guys in about seven minutes don't go anywhere we'll be right back
Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Phoenix Radio Show on this Friday, January 22nd. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, who uh, hopefully we don't have digital Tony anymore. Uh, He did reboot his modem during the long break, and uh, so far, so good. All right, good, good. Yeah, it was a a little bit of a length. It ate up the seven-minute break, which uh, went fast. Um, during, uh, I was told during the last segment, but I didn't interrupt it, but uh, bummer news to hear that longtime home run king Hank Aaron passed away at 86. No so kidding. During oh. our show, it was announced that Hank Aaron passed. No word on if the beast is still around, you know. Mm-hmm. I doubt it. <laughs> it's a sandlot I always thought joke. that was a fun little twist at the end of the sandlot. Like, exactly. They would play ball and Hank Aaron was back there. So Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice little uh, drop in there. But uh, in any case, folks, you know, uh, normally this is the time where we would be talking about the interact portion of the show, whatever the call-in topic of the day is. But today's a little bit different as we do occasionally. It is a call-in contest where we've drawn one name from somebody who entered in on our uh, website to win a uh, wonderful prize, which we'll talk about in the next segment. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, We will be doing the Tony Beatdown, where our caller will go head-to-head with Tony in trivia of some sort. Obviously, it relates to the prize. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. With about four minutes left, though, before we get into the next segment, wanted to talk about a couple things going on here at Phoenix Media. One, Tony and I have mentioned before, is uh, we would love to have a third co-host, somebody who's available. Whoa. Sorry. Apparently it's... Uh... <laughs> well, you know... It's margarita I, uh, time. I had, the Hank, I had the Hank Aaron news on, and it went to the next thing, and uh, it... It gave me a crumble cookie notification, and it was doing its video, which it sounded like a uh, porno music. Like that was a cookie commercial. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of sounded like a tropical vacation to me. But ding, ticka, ding, ticking. You want a chocolate little cookie? We want a third host. Make a third cookie. But uh, yeah, we are looking for a third co-host. Obviously, that'll help us with days like yesterday where, uh, you know, Tony had to help his uncle move. And of course, we don't hold that against Tony because that's the way life goes. But with a third co-host, we would have been able to continue on. And of course, we want a, you know, third perspective and ideally maybe a female co-host because we would love to have that uh, little bit of estrogen injection into the show and uh, get that point of view. So if you are a female, it could be a male, but uh, you know, you, 
you enjoy the show, you have weekdays available from 8 to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, obviously, whatever that relates to wherever you happen to live. And you've got a fun sense of humor, common sensibility. We would love to have you as part of the show. So you can always reach out to us. Uh, just email us at phoenixmedia.us at gmail.com if you know somebody or if you are that somebody, uh, because we'd love to have you as part of the team. And uh, we have fun every morning, don't we, Tom? We do. There's always some goofy wackiness. There's always something every day. Right. And we deal with you know a few technical issues here and there. But for the most part, it goes off without a hitch. And, of course, the second hour always flies by so quickly, especially on a Friday, because we're getting ready to head into the weekend. So, uh, again, looking for a third co-host, which uh, if you want to be a part of the team, go ahead and reach out to us, phoenixmedia.us at gmail.com. Another thing I wanted to talk about is our Phoenix Fan Gear Shop. You can go there and get uh, awesome hats, t-shirts, pullovers, uh, masks, stickers, all with the Phoenix Media logo on it. Of course, that is over at phoenixmedia.us. And uh, our Lady Friday, who we know is listening, I'm going to reach out to you today because our supplier has reopened uh, for production. And so I'm going to get you uh, the Phoenix Fan Gear that we owe you for winning during our call-in segments which actually leads me to the next thing when we do our call-in topics we do that via the phoenix line we give you the um, subject the topic 24 hours in advance and uh, gives you the opportunity to chime in on the phoenix line and uh, you know if you do that you're entered into a chance to win some phoenix fan gear like lacy one or as tony refers to her as friday and uh, you know just some great stuff on there really quality stuff um I'm not wearing the hat right now, but uh, normally my Rough Riders hat, that's where I got that produced. Rough and, Riders! Yeah, just really fun, fun, cool stuff. So a uh, lot going on over at Phoenix Media. We've got a great lineup of shows. If you want to be a show host, if you want to advertise, you can certainly do so. Uh, it appears that we have lost Tony, so... Uh, you know, maybe his uh, internet connection isn't quite what we were hoping for. But uh, in any case, what we're going to do is we are going to head into our break. We're going to get Tony back. And when we come back, uh, it will be time for Tony Beatdown. So don't go anywhere, folks. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 22nd. We've got Tony back. Some weird technical glitches, but you know what? We persevere. We go from there. Uh, have no idea what happened. You, Tom? I don't either. No, I just all of a sudden it just blipped and I was off. And, uh, you know, I just hope the my F word did not make the air. That's all I know. <laughs> it did not. I can guarantee that. OK, good. Yeah, it was it was just like a Cordell Patterson. It was a WTF, but it was out loud. So. <laughs> well, folks, <laughs> we are doing our call in contest, which we like to call a Phoenix. Chase. Oh. 
And today it's going to be a Tony beatdown where we've got our caller holding on the line and uh, for a chance to win a loot crate. Oh, there's that uh, fun music again. That... Uh, <laughs> For a chance to win a Loot Crate uh, mystery box. In this case, it's Loot Gaming. Uh, one of the exciting things, and uh, Tony's uh, helping to work on this, is we got uh, Loot Crate as a new advertiser, uh, not only for the show, but for the network. And uh, we love Loot Crate. It is a subscription box, a monthly subscription box for any of your geeky, nerdy things that, uh, you know, they compile things together. They send it to you each month. There's some fun stuff in there, usually a t-shirt. And so uh, we are very excited to have them. And that is our prize for today. Now, if the contestant loses, we'll send over a piece of Phoenix fan gear. So either way, our contestant is a winner. Speaking of our contestant, let's go ahead and get him on the line. His voice might sound a little familiar. Contestant, are you there? I'm there. How the fudge are you guys? We're good. Tim, what the Phoenix, man? <laughs> Tim, Tim went through. He uh, signed up on our phoenixmedia.us forward slash Christian Phoenix radio show for a chance to be part of the contest. And sure enough, we pulled his name. And oddly enough, we are doing a trivia game, which uh, if you guys are uh, you know fans Ooh. of Phoenix Media, well, you may have checked out uh, Tim's show, Be Kind Rewind, where Tony and I guest starred as uh, trivia host and contestant for 80s and 90s trivia. So it worked out pretty well, but uh, we do have Tim on the line, and it is great hearing your voice again. It's good hearing your voice and talking my voice and you hearing, I don't know. It's good to talk to you guys again. Voices it's are being heard. Have you back on, man? It's always great to talk to you and have you on the show. Um, it's excellent to hear you, and thanks for letting us be a part of your show. That was great. Absolutely. All right, Tim. Well, it is time for that Phoenix face. Oh. In a game I like to call Tony Beatdown. Ooh yeah. Right, we'll be alter- Tim Nidell is back to try to beat the simple <laughs> four years. Uh-huh. <laughs> we will be alternating with a trivia questions, starting with Tim, going to Tony. The winner will have bragging rights. Of course, if Tim wins, he wins that uh, Loot Gaming by Loot Crate Box. And of course, if he loses, he's still a winner with some Phoenix fan gear. But today's trivia is video games, which... Both of you are fans of, so I expect you guys to do well. This should be fun. But there are a few little curveballs in here, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Tim, let's kick off with you. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First question, in what year was Sega Genesis released in North America? Was it A, 1999, B, 1989, C, 1975, or D, 1991? Oh, you had to throw the 91 in there, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Sega Genesis. Uh, I'm going with uh, 91. No. No, it's 89. It was 1989. Yep. Uh, Genesis yeah, I, does. I, I, Genesis I never had one. And I, was, I always went to my buddy's house and played his Sega Genesis, so I have one now. So it came out in 2018. That's when I got mine. That's so when you got you yours. Man. All right, there you go. Yeah. Hey, I'm the same way, Tim. I used to go over to my buddy Jason Adrian's house. He had uh, we used to play Alex Kid Wonderland um, all before uh-huh. Sonic the Hedgehog because 
Sonic yeah. came out around 91 to compete with uh, the Super Nintendo. Exactly. Hopefully that wasn't a trivia question. It up. wasn't. It was not. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, my house was the Genesis house, and I would go over to my friend's house to uh, play Super Nintendo. So it was always sort of back ah. and forth. But uh, let's move on, Tony. It is your turn. Which of the following video games takes place in a dystopian underwater city called Rapture? Is it A, Half-Life, B, God of War, C, Fallout 3, or D, Bioshock? Uh, D, Bioshock. Yep. You are correct, sir. All right. Ooh. Let's move on. Tim, you're up. What Nintendo system was released after the N64 and before the Wii? Was it the A or was A the GameCube, B Nintendo 128, C Virtual Boy or D Super Nintendo? That would be the uh, GameCube. You are correct with the tiny I remember, good I, curveball there with the virtual boy. I was like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah, standing kind of so I got the GameCube. I got the GameCube day one. I had to, I was living in Fargo, North Dakota at the time. It was like negative twenty outside. And I was waiting in line to get my GameCube. Oof. I don't envy yeah, those. I've done that a was, couple times. <laughs> they had some good games though on that system. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Let's move on. Time for Tony. I, I don't doubt you'll get this one. E Honda, Dalzim, and Chun Li are all characters from what video game series? A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, B Street Fighter, C Battletoads, or D Mortal Kombat? Uh, Street Fighter, most notably Street Fighter 2. <laughs> that is correct. All right, moving on. Tim, this question's for you. What color is the ring of death on an Xbox that signifies a hardware failure? We've all been there. Is it A, blue, B, yellow, C, green, or D, red? Oh, I wish it was green because it really made me hate the, the color of red. <laughs> oh. The, the evil red ring of death on the 360. Oh, oh boy. I've gone through, I've gone through, I think, three evil red lights yeah <laughs> yeah i had one of my my original xbox 360 did that my ex-wife was pissed because we spent a lot of money on the 360 at the time mm -hmm. Ooh, not happy when i said we needed to replace it so. exactly all right let's move on tony this question's for you what classic beat em up game featured brothers billy lee and jimmy also nicknamed spike and hammer was it a That's smash brothers <laughs> c double dragon you are correct <laughs> Should have picked harder questions, I guess. All right, Tim, this <laughs> is back. You got, two, you got two gamers, man. Exactly. Battling it out. Tim, this one goes back over to you. How many bits was the Super Nintendo Entertainment System? A8, B128, C64, or D16? That would be D16, please. That is also correct. Uh, big step up from the 8-bit NES system as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I thought Super Nintendo did a lot of graphics well for 16. I felt the Genesis kind of, they started out really solid on the 16-bit, and then as their life cycle went, it's like they got crappier. They fell off reason. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. All right, back over to you, Tony. What character do you play as in The Legend of Zelda? A, Gandalf, B, Chimmy, C, Peter, or D, Link? Link. You could have even thrown it off and said Zelda, but... I'm surprised just throw people off. Yeah, I'm surprised they Link. didn't include that as a uh, option because a lot of people assume that it is Zelda. They assume like Link is Zelda. Yeah. Here's one that uh, 
hopefully you know your timeline, Tim. What 64-bit Sega system was a predecessor to the PlayStation and Nintendo 64? Was it A, Dreamcast, B, Commodore 128, C, Saturn, or D, 3DO? What was the question again? What 64-bit Sega system was a predecessor to the PlayStation and Nintendo 64? And name them off one more time. A, Dreamcast, B, Commodore 128, C, Saturn, or D, 3DO? Oh, man. Was it... um... Okay, sorry. Name them off one more time. (laughs) (laughs) A, Dreamcast, B, Commodore 128, C, Saturn, or D, 3DO? Uh, I'm going to say Saturn. Ooh. I thought you were going to go Dreamcast, but you got it. I'm glad you didn't say 3DO, because the 3DO did come out around that time, too, but that was from Panasonic. Yeah, exactly. All right, Tony, back to you. The game Grand Theft Auto was released primarily for what gaming system? A, the NES, B, the Xbox, C, the Dreamcast, or D, the PlayStation? Uh, That'd be D, the PlayStation. That is correct. Yeah, um, the original Grand Theft Auto was a top-down game, and then they started getting into <laughs> yeah. 3D, and uh, much better that way. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Tim, your last question, which James Bond oh, film was made into a game for the Nintendo 64 console, and later the Wii console, <laughs> is it A, Goldfinger, B, Goldeneye, C, Thunderball, or D, Moonraker? Oh, boy, that's one of my favorite games of all time, and I'm going with Goldeneye. That is hands down correct. All right, Tony, for the win, if you can answer this one, you get the win. Tim's the loser, but he still wins a great prize. Which popular video game features an ex-Special Forces operator named Jack Carver who is stranded in Micronesia? Is it A, Far Cry, B, Halo 2, C, Left 4 Dead, or D, Max Payne? Can you? This one's actually a tough one. I don't know. So, Tim, you yeah. just might win a loot crate, buddy. Um, can <laughs> you uh, can you read the question? Give me the options one more time. I know we're at our last minute. You got it. Which popular video game features an ex-Special Forces operator named Jack Carver who is stranded in Micronesia? Is it A, Far Cry, B, Halo 2, C, Left 4 Dead, or D, Max Payne? I'm going to say uh, Far Cry. Oh, good guess. Sorry, Tim. That was just a complete guess. I didn't know that. I knew it wasn't Halo. I know that's Master Chief, but I didn't I didn't really know. I know Left 4 Dead's a zombie one, so it could have been neither. Tony pulls it out at the last minute, and Tim, well. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Well, you don't not get nothing, um, or you do get nothing. Well, however that goes, we're going to send you a great piece of Phoenix fan gear. But, uh, Tim, as always, we appreciate you not only chiming in when you do, having a great show on Phoenix Media, but uh, we love hearing your voice, especially in uh, fun, uh, sort of geeky, nerdy games like these. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's always a great time. Uh, thank you again, Tim. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye, Tim. Thanks for playing, buddy. Folks, when we come back, it is time for G-Man. He's going to be joining us with NFL Conference Championship picks. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. (laughs) 
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 22nd. Now we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever, including our call-in topics of the day, including Monday. Our call-in topic is going to be parenting fails. So if you failed spectacularly as a parent, you can feel free to call in on the Phoenix line. Let us know how that went. That number, 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is Friday, and as we like to do on Fridays, especially as we get towards the end of the season, you're going to recognize a familiar face, a familiar voice. G-Man is here with the NFL Conference Championship picks. And again, I've only got one question. Are you ready to All right, G-Man, appreciate you hopping on as you do each and every Friday. And, uh, you know, we are we're down to the last of it. It's the AFC and the NFC Championship games. Are you excited for this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as, uh, as um, you know, Teddy Bruschi, you know, always said this is a hats and T-shirt game coming up this weekend, boys. <laughs> you know, so that means it's, uh, you know, for a divisional championship and you're playing for the Super Bowl. And, of course, you get in the Super Bowl. It's another hats and T-shirts game for the world championship. So everybody in the locker rooms are all basically excited. They're preparing, trying to talk themselves into it's just being another football game. But everybody knows what's on the line, and that's what makes it so exciting for fans like, uh, you know, the three of us and everybody else. Exactly. And not only that, but the matchups this weekend are fantastic. You've got sort of a game of the old schools facing each other versus the new schools facing each other. Let's go ahead and start off with your first pick of the Bills plus three versus the Chiefs. Of course, you've got uh, Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes, two of the younger bucks, but uh, superstars in their own rights. How do you see that one playing out? Well, you know, as you know, you know, this is all um, for entertainment and we're, you know, hoping, you know, that things turn out a certain way. There's only so much analysis, you know, that you can do uh, when the numbers I've done it both ways, uh, all kinds of different ways. And uh, at the you know end of the day, you just make a pick and hope, you know, right. everybody on TV does it, you know, all the pundits. And uh, so there's no, you know, real hardcore 100 percent science to it. But I think. This game, you know, much as you're talking about, you know, this is a, you know, the the, the young bucks. And uh, I have to, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, the Bills were not quite the defense that uh, they were supposed to be or basically coming off the last year. And, you know, watching them, especially just, I mean, looking at their, their record of uh, only having three losses, uh, one of those losses was that Hail Mary uh, by the Cardinals, you know, to uh, – uh, you know, with, um, you know, Kyler Murray mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. And, I, you know, just the fact, really the bottom line of this is how hard it is to repeat, you know, to to get to the Super Bowl two times in a row, let alone win it. And so, you know, watching the Chiefs game last week, you know, of course, Patrick. Uh-oh. We've got a fr- frozen G-man. <laughs> no, I'm jinxing the show today, man. Oh, there we are. There he is. All hey. right. 
<laughs> hey, where, where, I rubbed where, off on you there, G. I uh, I told you off camera or off air. Um, I had to reset mine again because I okay. you said I was blurry. So then I jinxed you because you froze. I did that earlier today. <laughs> today is freezing Friday. There you today go. I like Friday. it. Friday. Freezing Friday. So, so where were we at in the analysis? What What's the last thing you guys heard? You started talking about Mahomes, and that's where we got uh, the frozen version of you. Okay. So, yeah, so Patrick, he went down last week, of course, uh, you know, and he's still under uh, concussion protocol, but we all expect for him to be back. There's no way he's going to miss this game. Yeah. And uh, but be that as it may, you know, I just it's it's hard to repeat. And, you know, the Bills are are, are playing uh, very impressively. Uh, they have they have never went to an AFC championship game and not went to the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, call it a hunch, whatever you want to call it. But, but my pick, uh, you know, and that is I'm going to take the three points with the Bills. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, you're being sort of contrarian, obviously taking the un underdog with the Bills, but uh, that's the bigger payout. You know, whereas the line right now is basically Chiefs by three. But here's an interesting little stat. Chiefs haven't covered a game in their last nine games. And, uh, you know, expecting them to do so again? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, ultimately, you know, Bills are, are playing really well up to the standard of the Chiefs at this point. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they cover your spread, uh, you know, by even if they lose by three. Well, you still win as a better. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Because you know, thing I always. Oh, sorry. You're you're good, G. Go ahead, bud. I was just going to say that because you know I always buy the hook on real numbers like that. You know, William Hill. I love you know their their mobile sports app. You know, we've we've talked about in play. You know, so many times. Even when I got the pick wrong. Uh, you know, uh, with uh, the Washington Redskins a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I got them at four and a half uh, four and a half points. Uh, you know, with the with the winning team, and of course had that nice little middle. You know, so the Washington uh, yeah, who? They, um, you know, I think the you know the three points. You know, and factoring in also, I'll talk a little bit more about betting. But um, you know, the the Chiefs are the favorites, and one of the things again that you ask yourself once teams start becoming front runners and they're winning all the time, the the line makers know that the public is going to bet on the favorite. Exactly. You know, so typically they'll. They'll, um, you know, just kind of overinflate the line a little bit. And, you know, I wouldn't say that three points is a overinflation, but, you know, it could be, it could have been a pick em game. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, people still would have been picking the Chiefs like crazy. Exactly. Well, let's move on to the favorites. Let's move on to the next game of the weekend, which is basically the old school versus the old school. You've got Brady versus Rodgers, and uh, you have put uh, the Bucks plus three versus the Packers, again, taking the underdog. But uh, you know what? You get a big payout. Uh, ultimately, how do you see that game playing out? Yeah, it looks like uh, my screen has frozen again. Can you guys still hear me? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. there. <laughs> Oh, maybe, can still hear you. Maybe you can't hear us, but uh, okay. Yeah, we're. So you guys can still hear. Yep. Still hear you. Yep. So we're talking Bucks Packers. Uh, you know, where where do you put that one? Okay. So I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and continue. So um, on the Bucks again, here we have, of course, uh, you know, both quarterbacks are the older ones. They've both been in Super Bowls, of course, and one has been in many, many more Super Bowls. So 
the Bucks are uh, again just it's almost it's almost like I hate to say it, you know, as far as like a team of destiny. You know, these guys are you know much like the Yankees in baseball do things. You know, they're hired guns and have been put together, and damn, they are actually pulling it off. You know, um, you know Bruce Arians, of course, been to the Super Bowl before, but lost that heartbreaker, you know, to the Steelers when he got there. Um, you know, so this one again is is <laughs> you know a game where you know I'm just more impressed, I guess, at the end of the day with the way that the Bucks defense, you know, has mm-hmm. been playing at the end of the seasons and more so in the playoffs than I am the. Pa- <laughs> and of course, we've got uh, frozen G-man again. Now, uh, something it's Tom in- Brady think again that the defense is what's going to ultimately lead. You- <laughs> it's a frozen Friday, folks. But uh, you know that's just the way Phoenix. it goes. <laughs> right. and go ahead and pull it out with those interceptions. Uh, you know that they came. You know, and they were not easy receptions. You know, they were just fantastic defensive plays, and so. Um, again, for whatever reason, um, you know, my guess is that the Bucks are going to continue surprising people on the defensive side of the bar ball. Um, they'll probably get a couple turnovers. Even one turnover sometimes is a difference maker in games like this. So, yeah, give me the Bucks and those three points. Exactly. Now, the interesting thing here is that if the Bucks move on to the Super Bowl, they're going to be playing in their home stadium. When was the last time that actually happened? It's never happened. It's never. Wow. Wow, that would be... He'd be the first, and leave it to Brady, right, to be the first to do that, huh? Right. <laughs> right, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, talk about home field advantage. I mean, uh, but, you know, ultimately, it'd be interesting to see a Bucks versus Bills. You know, it's not the same old teams in the Super Bowl uh, matchup. But, uh, you know, seeing Rodgers go out on top, that might be a, a treat as well, even though our, our, our buddy Sean O'Hara hates Rodgers with a, a fiery passion. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and from a betting line, you mentioned it earlier, so I've crunched uh, a couple of numbers, and that's, again, what's great about if you like to, uh, you know, bet on sports and not have to go down and wait in line the casino, that's what these online apps are for. They're fantastic. So uh, just for example, let's say you had a couple hundred dollars, you know, just for conversation's sake, and uh, you thought that the Bucks and the Bills were going to make the Super Bowl, and, but you didn't know which one was going to win. Right. If you took that $200 and split it, and if you took an exact bet on each one of those things happening, Bills beating the Bucks or the Bucks beating the Bills, you turn your $100 into 1000 Wow. So that's not, that's not a bad return. Now, going a little bit further, I checked to see if you took the 200 and if you bet on the money line for the two teams just to make the Super Bowl, you actually – get a $1,279 return, you know, not bad at all. Is more. Exactly. You know, so you don't even have to pick the winner of the game just if those two teams make it. And conversely, if you say, no, well, that's not going to happen. I'm just going to be wasting $200 uh, you know, to see, I think the Packers and the chiefs are going to make it. You take that same $200 on that two teamer uh, money line just to win the game and make it. Um, the two hundred dollars turns into five oh four. Wow! So you still, you know, more than double your money, you know. But uh, on the um, on the exacta, you'll you'll actually get five fifty if uh, four fifty if the Chiefs beat the Packers, and you'll get five hundred dollars back if the Packers beat the Chiefs. So the exacta 
on the surface, you know what I mean? You say, oh, that's a good thing. But when you actually crunch the numbers, and like I said, I did it right on my app, you know which way is the smartest way to bet. Exactly. Well, G man, we always appreciate having you on Fridays to recap real quick. You've got uh, the Bills plus three versus the Chiefs, Bucks plus three versus the Packers. Of course, folks, you can always find G man at the G man on Facebook.com. The G man. Or head over and uh, check out Seedless Tendency, uh, his wonderful band here that uh, I know they're working on some new music, but uh, or, or a new video, should I say. But uh, in any case, G-Man, we always appreciate your time on Friday and, uh, you know, looking forward to a good uh, weekend of games. Thank you. Yeah, much love to you guys. I always love talking to you also. And good luck to everybody. Uh, stay safe out there, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Fantastic. Well, folks, we are headed into the final segment of the show. When we come back, it is time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few. See Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, January 22nd. We've made it not only to the end of this episode, but also the final segment of the week. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it is easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? We kind of got a no out of that one, but uh, <laughs> doomed us all. And of course, it's fitting for the weird little technical glitches we've been having today. But uh, go figure, it's on a Friday. In any case, while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. <laughs> well, folks, we do care and we do share, which is why we drop a little knowledge on you each day. Hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, let's go ahead and kick off with this day in 1816. Lord Byron completes poems, Parisina and Siege of Corinth. And really the only reason that I uh, read this one is because the picture makes him look like uh, Professor uh, Quinnell from uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, where he's got Voldemort on the back of the head. uh, He does, right? (laughs) But he looks like he's wearing a Rastafarian cap, too. (laughs) Smoking a little weed, hanging out with Voldemort. (laughs) I like the puff puff. I'm a romantic poet. (laughs) Let's move on. This day in 1831, Charles Darwin takes his Bachelor's of Art exam at Christ College, Cambridge, coming 10th out of 171 candidates. Basically prove eh, he's a pretty smart guy. He is. He's a pretty smart guy at Triple C University. (laughs) This day in 1842, Charles Dickens arrives in Boston, Massachusetts with his wife, Catherine. Of course, Charles Dickens behind A Christmas Carol, A Tale of Two Cities. So many great novels that uh, were required reading uh, when we were in school. Don't know if they're still required reading. 
Yeah, not sure. Like, he was also Moby Dick, right? He was? Wrote Moby. Wrote the big Moby. Uh, call me Ishmael. <laughs> Let's move on. This day in 1859, Johannes Brahms' first piano concerto in D minor premieres in Hanover. Um, this was the era, era of epic beards. It's uh, It's crazy. Yeah, everyone had a really big beard, and then they had a stash. Like, he had that stash on top of the beard. Like, this big dark one over his big white Santa Claus beard. <laughs> ho, 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 I'm George Brom, and I'm going to do a concerto today in D minor. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a technical glitch. That was just Tony. All right, that moving was, on. Yes. This day in 1901, after 63 years, Britain stops sale of Queen Victoria postage stamp series, well, postage stamps series, and begins Edward the seventh series uh so you know you get those queen victoria postage stamps because they're collector's items yeah definitely gotta get it especially with that that face (laughs) this date in 1905 in saint petersburg russia a large demonstration of workers led by father gappen marched to the winter palace with a petition to the czar troops fire on protesters in what becomes known as bloody sunday uh, obviously, uh, you know, a uh, U2 song came from that. Black Sabbath basically came from that. Um, and in Russia, uh, revolution fires on you. Hello, here they are at uh, Bloody Sunday to speak in the outside the shower. <laughs> Let's move on this day in 1954. The 11th Golden Globes, where the robe Spencer Tracy and Audrey Hepburn are big winners. Um, I didn't realize the Golden Globes had been around that long. You know, I figured it was one of the newer ones that started maybe in the 70s. That's good to know that uh, it's been around for a long time. So Mm -hmm. good job, Hepburn and Tracy. This day in 1963, the Alisi Treaty of Cooperation between France and Germany, signed by Inspector Clouseau, I mean, sorry, Charles de Gaulle and Conrad <laughs> Adenauer. I only say that because the picture looks just like Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther movies. It really does. <laughs> Little stash and all. In music history, this day, 1968, Lady Soul, the 14th studio album by Aretha Franklin, is released. Billboard album of the year for 1968. And uh, she certainly earned some R-E-S-P-E-C-T with that one. Much respect for her. Absolutely. Ooh, let's head on over to the world of boxing, if I can find that sound effect. There it is. All right, this day in 1973, George Foreman, the original, not one of his kids, knocks out Joe Frazier in two rounds to win the WBC and the WBA heavyweight boxing titles in Kingston, Jamaica. Frazier knocked down three times in both the first and second rounds. Uh, that was. Uh, Is that the famous one where it goes, down goes Frazier? It's a good question. I don't know, but I would assume it probably is based on how yeah. quickly that match ended. I was going to say, infamous soundbite. Down goes Frazier. <laughs> Ooh, also speaking of uh, boxing. This day in 1988, defending champion Mike Tyson beats former title holder Larry Holmes by knockout or technical knockout in round four at the convention center in Atlantic City to retain his undisputed heavyweight boxing title. Uh, no ear biting. In that match. No, nothing. 
It's spinal. I've got a spinal injury. <laughs> you play my Nintendo game? Moving on, we were talking football with the G-Man a little bit earlier, and uh, obviously Super Bowl's coming up, playoffs are now, uh, but this day in 1989, Super Bowl 23 at Joe Robbie Stadium in mm-hmm. Miami, Florida, San Francisco 49ers beat the Cincinnati Bengals 20-16. to The MVP, do you recall who the MVP was on that one, Tone? Jerry freaking Rice, oh. the GOAT he, of receivers. Yes, Certainly the GOAT. So much fun to watch, especially back in that era where uh, San Francisco just dominated. Yeah, fun times for sure. Always grew up loving uh, Montana and Rice. Yeah. were like two, two childhood heroes, I think, for most, most young boys our age. <laughs> and obviously, uh, you know, uh, same day, 1989, after winning his third Super Bowl as head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, Bill Walsh retires, again, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yep. There, you don't get too many coaches like that anymore other than Belichick. Belichick's uh, probably the, the the only one I can really come to mind lately. Everybody else is up and coming, so it's pretty good. If Andy Reid gets another Super Bowl, Andy Reid will be definitely well, – he's already a legendary coach, but he'll yeah, be he more – it just adds to his legacy too. So. Exactly. Let's move on this day in 2010. Conan O'Brien's last The Tonight Show episode after a big controversy over the Tonight Show time slot. That wasn't the one that Tony was thrown out of, but he was thrown out of mm-hmm. a Conan O'Brien show. <laughs> no, we got thrown out of the Jay Leno one. Oh, that's right. That's Remember, right. I got talked to about the flip thing. So fun, fun thing is Christian and I actually got to go to one of the rare one season Conan O'Brien led tonight shows. And we were on the tonight show with Jay Leno. That was the one where I got kicked out because you dared me to do, I think you offered me an in and out burger to yell, uh, Affleck, you the bomb and phantoms yo. And exactly. they told me get the hell out. Yeah. And it didn't even make air. All we got was Ben Affleck looked our way. Everyone looked at us. It was awkward. And I was asked to leave and it was really weird. And Conan O'Brien, you weren't allowed to take pictures. And I had a flip phone and I took a blurry picture and the guy came over and made me delete all my photos. And with that being said, we're going to close out the day with a couple holidays. All right. (laughs) We're going to make this quick because we've only got a little bit of time left, but it is answer your cat's questions day. Okay. Oh, kitty! Am I going to be okay today? Celebration of Life Day, Come In From The Cold Day, Dance of the Seven Veils Day, National Hot Sauce Day, National Activity Professionals Day, boy, that was hard, National Polka Dot Day, National Blonde Brownie Day, so many things to cover. That's it for the week. Folks, join us on Monday and enjoy your weekend. Bye, everybody. Go Bills. Go Bucks. Oh,